Welcome to the Nativity Podcast, where we explore the Christian faith through scripture, reason, and tradition. I'm Father Jason Emerson, and I thank you for tuning in. We are continuing our discussion of Ephesians, and I'm excited to announce next week for our final episode of this series, we will have special guests. Joel and Amy Pakin, who some of you remember are the band Tangled Blue that did our online concert for us last fall, uh, will be joining us to discuss it. A kind of famous passage from the sixth chapter of Ephesians. And I'm sure that will have some laughs as well because good old friends do that, right? So that's next week. I invite you to tune in for that. It's going to be fantastic. Now, this week, we are going to talk about Ephesians chapter 3, verses 18 through 21. So let me just real quick read that passage for you. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and height and depth, breadth, height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. All, it says, all the fullness of God. Paul, or whoever wrote Ephesians, is talking about spirituality or what some people call the interior life. Now, let me say real quick that our interior life is not separate from our exterior life. The spiritual is not disconnected from the physical. Those words express different dynamics of being, different facets of our existence, and the interior and exterior are so intertwined It is indistinguishable where one ends and the other begins. These two facets are constantly affecting each other. The author of Ephesians is talking about the interior life and that cultivating the interior life is an important part of becoming filled with the fullness of God. Now, there are as many ways of cultivating the interior life as there are people That being said, there are common ways, common practices that people do. Yet even when we are doing the same practice, we do it differently. The practice finds a unique expression within us. It's kind of like singers. Alicia Keys and Jennifer Hudson are both outstanding vocalists. They both sing the right notes at the right time, but their performances are unique to them. This is where we get into the notion of style. Jennifer Hudson's style is different than Alicia's. But if I had the chance to see either of them perform live, I'm buying the ticket. Sadly, when it comes to spiritual styles, we can get caught up in thinking there's a right way to practice spirituality, a right way to cultivate our interior life, our experience of the fullness of God. When we think there is a right way, we then automatically think that everything else is the wrong way. And that's just not how it is. I'm in an online continuing ed training right now with a mentor of mine, Lyle Greiner. And we were talking about spiritual styles this week. Lyle highlighted 10 common spiritual styles. I want to give them to you also And I invite you to reflect on your practice of each of them 
We're not trying to discover which singular one of these is your spiritual style. No, you may do several of them or even all of them to some degree. Some of them you may do a lot and some only rarely. Some you may have never tried before, but they sound interesting. As you think back over your life, as you reflect, you might have done one of these practices a lot, and as your interior life grew, another practice became more frequent. So it's the combination of practices and their varying frequency that make up your spiritual style. And there may be other things not on this list that help you experience God's fullness as well. These are just some very common examples. The first one is you sense God in nature. This could be hiking, camping, fishing, sailing, anytime that you've been humbled by a sunset or inspired by the glorious foliage during fall. It's just anytime when you recognize the power of creation and that everything is beyond, then you're sensing God in nature. Or number two, your five senses draw you close to God. This one's important to me because this is, comes into the realm of art. You may experience God gazing at a painting or mesmerized by the ballet or the symphony. You may put on your headphones and immerse yourself in a fantastic piece of music, a performance by Alicia Keys or Jennifer Hudson, and it just takes you into the beyond, into the fullness of being enlivened. That's experiencing the fullness of God through our five senses. Number three, traditions and disciplines ground you in God. For churchgoers, this might be common because you experience God through attending worship, through celebrating the cycle of the church year, or through liturgy and organized prayer, family traditions like uh, decorating for Christmas or um, visiting the gravesite of a, of a lost relative. Um, these things may help us, may be a way in which you experience the fullness of God. Number four is solitude and simplicity might help you focus on God. This was one that has uh, become more and more of a practice for me, uh, finding silence and a chance to quiet my inner monologue to the point that I can actually hear the still, small voice of God. Number five, you find God's calling in actively confronting wrongs and improving the world. Now, this could be uh, marching for social justice. It could be advocating for kids in schools. It could be protesting. It could be writing to politicians. It could be sitting down and talking with elected officials. And 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 it could be. It doesn't have. It could be anything from getting the streetlights fixed in the neighborhood so that all the kids can play, or or working on big issues like what's going on now with COVID and Afghanistan and healthcare, everything that is in the fabric of our society that needs attention. Being Exercising that kind of advocacy is a way of experiencing the fullness of God as well and a reflection of our spirituality and a means to cultivating our interior life. Number six, you may experience God by caring directly for people. This might be helping with service projects or volunteering at a food kitchen or with our food pantry here at the Church of the Nativity, um, welcoming and hospitality, visiting folks in the nursing home, 
caring indirectly for another human being is caring for another uh, part of God's creation that's created in the image of God, and that is a way of experiencing the fullness of God as well. Celebrating and praise may express your devotion to God is number seven, and this this is the loud version of spirituality. And just as silence is an important part of spirituality, loudness can be too. So, you know, if you're at the youth retreat or you're at uh, singing camp songs or the praise band may get you going, all these things are also expressions of spirituality and a path to experiencing the fullness of God. Number eight is you give time to contemplation and meditation to be aware of God. The practice of centering prayer or the Anglican rosary, um, lighting a candle, walking a labyrinth. We have one here at the Church of the Nativity. You're welcome to come watch it, walk it anytime. Number nine is studying and thinking draws you to a better understandings of God. Um, theological discussions, theological reading, Bible study, uh, maybe formal study at a school or university, or it may just be digging into a thick, dense book. Uh, the expansion of the mind is also um, a, a means of experiencing the fullness of God. And last, but definitely not least, number 10 is you experience deep spiritual connections being in relationship with others. To put it simply, being in love is spiritual. It can be close friends, family, our partner or spouse, um, all of those times when we delve into a deep connection with another human being, especially if it's healthy and loving, when we delve into that loving connection with another person, we are also growing in our connection with God. Hence why Jesus says, um, all the law and the prophets lie on the two great commandments of love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Loving another human being is a means to loving God. So that's 10 practices there for you. And again, I got these from my mentor or one of my mentors, Lyle Greiner. Um, and I hope this list helps you reflect and become aware of your spiritual style. Maybe there's something on the list you haven't done in a while and you want to renew your practice of it. Or maybe you noticed something you hadn't thought of before and want to give it a try. Nonetheless, I, like the author of Ephesians, want you to know the breadth and depth of the fullness of God. So practice, practice, practice. You've been listening to the Nativity Podcast where we explore faith through scripture, reason, and tradition. If you'd like to know more about Lyle Griner and the Spiritual Tens program, uh, go to www.peerministry.org. That's P-E-E-R-M-I-N-I-S-T-R-Y dot org. www.peerministry.org. If you came to the podcast through iTunes, we'd love a five-star rating and review. You can also find us on Spotify. If you'd like to support this ministry, you can do so online. Go to the Church of the Nativity website, www.nativityfto.org slash donate. That's www.nativityfto.org slash donate. This is Father Jason Emerson from the Church of the Nativity asking you to never forget, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine.